Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fearlessly Unbroken. I am your host, Dr. Taylor Luster, and today I am bringing you one of my best friends, Dr. Shelby Carter, and we are going to be talking about all sorts of things that make her nice and uncomfortable. So <laughs> I know she's super excited about this. Um, first, I would like to introduce Miss Shelby Carter. So I met Shelby. I guess we should start there. Um, yeah, I guess so. That's a good place usually. Um, I met Shelby at Logan University where we went to school together. And she forced herself onto me as my friend. <laughs> we were in this um, testing center. And she just like gave me a hug one day. She's like, you need a hug. I'm like, who are you? You know? Like, why are you hugging me? And then the next thing I know, she's messaging me on Facebook and is like um, having a panic attack in a closet. And is like, you're my friend now, okay? And it's like, oh, okay, who are you again? <laughs> like, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, we were on Tribal <clears throat> and I was messaging you. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, um, it was very funny. I think that was what you asked me. Do you have anxiety? <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, or why are you in the about, testing center? <laughs> yeah. Um, so they always say an extrovert helps an introvert. So I'm adopted a few introverts in my life. <laughs> and you made the cut. It's funny because they think that we need friends as introverts, but really we're cool without them. But, you know, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Shelby yeah. and Christy were definitely some of the ones that were just like, ah, adopt you. I'm like, all right, guys, it's fine. <laughs> to the point where I was like, I would even try and get out of plans by like saying I had to stay home. And so, and so they would come over to my house instead. <laughs> yeah, that's true also. Uh, Yeah, I think it was that I could tolerate more and longer, uh, if, you know, interactions if I was at least in my own space, you know, <laughs> like, uh, but it was just funny. They were over there all the time. But anyway, <laughs> so we got to know each other pretty well. Um, interestingly, Shelby and I are pretty radically different <laughs> on most things, um, but for whatever reason, I guess we complement each other nicely. Um, I would say everything. I mean, we, we had a lot of overlapping themes as well, but it just felt like some of the big things, it was very like polar opposites um, <laughs> where where like she is, she was very at this point in her life and at that point in my life, you know, she was very science based and you know all of these rules and boxes and structure and I'm like well just wing it it's fine you know <laughs> and um it, like she she was very wound up you know she had a lot of anxiety about these things and I was just like all right I'm a little bit on the other end like we gotta take it down a notch you know <laughs> like no, no. 
Um, I, was, I met you um, after a really hard year and a half, I guess I would say, of my life, and my anxiety was just really out of control. <laughs> um, it was controlling me more than me controlling it, and um, you know, I think that's why you were in my life <laughs> to help me. Uh, say knock it off <laughs> like well here's I, a testament you know, so Shelby is probably the perfect example of someone who really was out of control with anxiety and she's really just been able to rein it in which is beautiful I like to tell the story because I find it very amusing and Shelby hates it so <laughs> about how she was freaking out because this one car would always park in the same place at, or and then all of a sudden it didn't park there so it must be because she started parking over there and I was like it's fine like you're you're going crazy it's fine <laughs> and it was just but it's the perfect example of her spinning out of control and it it started from this one little thought and it just spiraled completely and then later learning to master that and say like this is unreasonable why am I spiraling you know and um so I guess that's why we're really on here is to talk about some of these things and how she the the old stories are very amusing but <laughs> she's gotten better <laughs> she's gotten better yeah you're better uh, so I guess, um, tell us a little bit about, um, I know you said it was a hard time in your life, some relationship stuff that you had just gotten out of and it was not great. Um, and go from there, I guess. Sure. So I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Um, right before Connor school, I was dating my master's and that's how I got to Logan. But anyways, um, I was going through a divorce. I just went through this divorce. I thought I, you know, married someone I could spend my life with, and it just wasn't working out. And um, just finally had enough one day, and I was like, I'm done walking away. This isn't for me. This is not what I want in life. This is not what I expect out of a partner. Um, and so I got a divorce, and then I went to cover school by myself, which itself was a big thing for me because I hadn't lived by myself in many years because um, I was in college and then we moved uh, to Nebraska where I'm from. Um, you're also from like a super small town. Yeah, and I'm, yeah so I'm from a town of 800 people <laughs> and like just perspective my high school class was around 50 people so like just um, I knew all my class, they know who I am, or, you know, and you know people kind of above and below classes and stuff like that, so just grew up in a really small town, um, so it's my first time living in a really big city by myself, and definitely have some anxiety just with that in general, like trying to learn how to be by myself, and um, I guess feel safe was part of my stuff too, um, and then I was in like kind of a relationship when I first started Kyra school and that ended really badly. I was in a really bad car accident. I totaled my car. Um, and then kind of fast forward to like summer of 2017, um, I was dating somebody. I thought, oh, you know, this guy was great, you know, of course, everything like that. And then um, things just didn't work out. Um, and that's pretty much when I, I think 
think we really became friends like that fall uh, from try break and so at this point in my life I just felt like a failure in relationships in, in my eyes that uh, these guys had hurt my heart you know hurt my feelings broke my heart um, and didn't know how to be me I guess would be a good way to put it like what the things that I love to do and how to treat myself and um, just how to be by myself, essentially, like essentially be by myself and be okay with it. Um, so there was a lot of jokes that Taylor and I made that uh, God cleared my chessboard. <laughs> my um, relationship was something I wasn't supposed to be focusing on. Um, and so that's For perspective on that, I guess, because that's a really... Um, yeah, so I kind of jumped, but... Yeah, so the chessboard is like she kept trying to have relationships. <laughs> And she would come up with someone and then put it on the chessboard, basically. And then it was just like, nope. And then <laughs> another one, nope. And it was just over and over. And it was just like, okay, guess this is not a thing we're doing. <laughs> you know? yeah, so, um, I guess looking back now, I, it was hard to see it then. But um, it's what I needed in life was to be by myself and to work on, you know, some of, you know, some issues that I had. and. I guess poor qualities of myself or you know just like my anxiety was like a big one and uh, just really growing for that so looking back now I really appreciate it that I took the time to learn how to love myself and um, figure out the things I love to do and you know who I want to be as a person and um, yeah and so that's really how Taylor and I's relationship started was me and a bunch of pieces <laughs> I love that this was recorded, that you said that you were grateful for that, because, <laughs> like, I know on one-on-one conversations that it, it took a while. <laughs> I don't know. I just can't wait to play this for you over and over again later. I just can't wait. <laughs> you said you were grateful. <laughs> Anyways, um, now she was definitely having a hard time for some of that. And again, as we've reiterated through some of these conversations, um, chiropractic school is literally like, how do you get through chiropractic school? Just surviving chiropractic school. So all of the like the classes are whatever, you know, I mean, some of them suck, but it's whatever. It's really all of the other things that happen <laughs> that um, are hard. And then trying to take all of these classes and care about all of these tests that are happening and all of that. And um, I guess that leads me to one of the things that I want to talk about. And I just know, sh I just cannot wait to see Shelby's face as we <laughs> do this. But um I used to tell her, so Shelby copes with these things by putting them in boxes. And she likes her boxes. And I, I mean, Shelby is like that librarian person who's like, everything is labeled and in the boxes, they're like color coordinated and alphabetized and, you know, like, and... It's funny you say that because I organized my decor uh, this last 
Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And like, not to say that like, I'm, I can be fairly ADD about these things, you know, <laughs> like, but there, the, the boxes can't mix. So it's, it was, you know, in these kinds of examples, you had Shelby, Shelby's relationship box and then her school box and like all of these personalities, like couldn't mix, you know, but all of these parts of her life couldn't mix, I guess. And then there was friends box and, you know, different things. And then all of them were overshadowed by this anxiety, this giant anxiety blanket. (laughs) And and then as things started happening, you know, she had all of a sudden she has like this chiropractic box and now this, whatever religion it is at that point, wherever religion is, it's that box. And then there's science box and all of these things. And she's got all of these mini boxes. And then as I guess as she kind of knew me, (laughs) I kind of, mowed a lot of those boxes down um, yeah. but with that I guess it, as we were treating the anxiety as we were helping her manage the anxiety there were so many other aspects that came into that um, and it took us as I was going down this weird route with myself and being um, going from skeptic to spiritual myself I guess actually um then she actually went with me. And um, I think in one of the podcasts I mentioned that some of, after I went through this whole like awakening at the, you know, where I had a talk with God for the first time, um, I immediately, like the next day I was telling Shelby about this <laughs> and she was just like, um, who are you and what did you do with my friend? Cause yesterday you were like, not even sure God existed. And now you're like, praise Jesus, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Excuse me? Who are you? (laughs) But, and we had started out on the same page. Like, we weren't really sure, not really, like, hostile about God, but, you know, like, eh, I don't know. And then it was so surreal, because Shelby was one of those people that I really dragged along with me as I was recovering from this massive experience that I had. I mean, and it felt like this explosion had happened in, I guess all of our lives because we all had like these similar explosions happening I guess in our lives but I guess mine was probably the loudest (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) but like Christy Shelby Megan and I had just really loud explosions all happening at one time and so we were all kind of in this place where we could move together and um as we started moving from this skeptic to spiritual and realize and at the same time experiencing all of the complexity and art of chiropractic and the philosophy of chiropractic um in addition to i mean before it had just been the science of chiropractic and then it became the art and the philosophy and all of that of it we're moving all this way and all of a sudden shelby's boxes are falling apart and you know it's not like <laughs> and she's like, we're treat, we're using chiropractic to treat emotions, and we're not just doing that. We're talking about God during the chiropractic adjustments and having emotional releases and just all sorts of really complex things. And actually, we ended up doing most emotional work on Shelby. Um, well, and that sounds bad, I guess, but that's not how I meant it. <laughs> but we were doing most emotional work in terms of um, we were we found that we could muscle test spiritual stuff 
Um, now you have to be really, really good at muscle testing and you have to be very careful with how you take this. Um, but you start with like emotions and then you can do spiritual stuff as well. Um, obviously within reason, but anyways, so we found that we could do those things and, um, it was mostly Shelby, Megan and I that were doing this really all the time. And it was really powerful because you could clear these emotions that you were holding about events and stuff. And um, Shelby was my my guinea pig. She would come over and we'd have entire day long clearing sessions where we'd have to go like eat very bad food afterwards because we were so exhausted. <laughs> and... <laughs> it was um, it's kind of intense. Oh my god. And, you know, like, I was like, I don't know, I don't know. And, um, whatever. And then, so we started doing the actual stuff on me. And I can't, you know, I can't deny it. Like, I was crying and feeling these emotions. And I could feel them, like, it sounds weird, but, like, please through my body and just, like, uh, less anxious about, like, stupid stuff. Um, I say stupid, but just, like, Well, you kept coming over, so what was I supposed to do? <laughs> drug are you taking just a little bit because I guess I kind of like word vomited all of that and then you yeah. clarified and I guess now I have to clarify eventually we'll get to the point it's fine yeah. <laughs> okay so I'm gonna give an example um that's very a very cute little one that Shelby went to go do so um when we first started doing this so you have to buy into muscle testing. And so applied kinesiology, which is the technique that I do, 
it uses muscle testing as a foundation. And muscle testing is basically just asking your nervous system, your subconscious nervous system, what's going on with your body. And um, you have to be super good at muscle testing so you don't, as the uh, the tester, you're not biasing your, your tests. Um, but once you get that good at it, then it's it becomes very, very apparent. And it's one of those things you really have to experience. And once you do, it's just like, this is crazy. Like, I can't believe my body can really tell me these things. And then you can compare them to like actual lab results or whatever. And it really shows up. It's just really the craziest thing that you can ask your body this. But I think it just goes to goes to show about how much we don't know about how our body communicates and stuff like that. But anyway, so we... You take this muscle testing and we found that you can use it for emotions. And there's this cool book that we had all kind of read and it's called The Emotion Code and it kind of got us started. Um, We just kind of took it and ran with it. We didn't do exactly what they said. But anyways, as we're doing this, it asks you to um, kind of you're you're narrowing down. You start by saying like, okay, are we ready to clear an emotion today? how many emotions is it? Was it from the first half of your life or the second half of your life? Was it from, you know, this time, you know, when you were one to five years old, five to 10, 10 to 15, you know, so you're trying to narrow it down to a time frame. And once you do that, you're able to say, okay, who does it involve? And anyway, so one of Shelby's narrows down to this photo on a mantle. And it was, it was was it a pumpkin patch? Oh, like I kept seeing this. So it's like a picture my mom has of me as like a little little girl and I'm like sitting on a pumpkin. And I'm like two, three in the photo. But it kind of like, we got down to this. It was like the, the age. Yeah. I mean, it, it took, it yeah. was really bizarre how we got down to it. And then all of a sudden she's like, I don't know why I'm thinking about this. But, you know, and then apparently there was some what was it, some argument that your parents were having or something while you were at that pumpkin patch and that's what came up? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what came up. And, um, and then it was whatever emotion, like, we tied it back to. But, yeah, my parents were arguing about something about me, I think, if I remember correctly. Well, and you didn't even remember, right? Like, you had to go ask your mom. Yeah, I did. Um, I did, like, when we were testing, that's what it was, like, mm-hmm. kind of. okay so sorry guys technical difficulties i (laughs) hit my computer camera with my leg and then it shut off so we're back Uh, (laughs) so we were talking about shelby confirming it with her mom um which was really cool because she didn't she was entirely too young to like actively remember that conversation but it you know some part of her subconscious remember that conversation 
which is really what all of this muscle testing is about, you know? So like your body stores emotions and stores all of these memories from all of these events, anything you've ever been through, your body remembers, even though you might not actively remember. And so that's what we're kind of tapping into with this. Um, and as we were doing that, like we said, like Shelby was forced to <laughs> kind of deal with um, that some of these things they could mix, you know, that we could deal with emotions or spiritual stuff or whatever with chiropractic, which was, you know, for Shelby, just science. So I guess as we go, like, let's, let's go that route. Let's talk about, cause we talked a little bit about um, the muscle testing part and what that looked like, but what was it like as some of this was happening? Cause Shelby, Shelby comes from a, a physical therapy background and um, it was very much research based you know, and she still is to some extent. But then there was like Taylor's woo-woo coming in, <laughs> which to be fair, I was not like this for, you know, had you, I went to vet school and I was very, you know, like science-based too. And then this shit happened yeah. and I don't know. But go ahead. Tell us what that was like, I guess. I guess, yeah, just a little bit more of my background too. Like, so my undergrad's in biology with a minor in chemistry. So that's very lab like reproducing lab stuff like um so there's like all that and then i have my master's in sports science rehab and that's when i was a pt tech and shout out a whole bunch of pts so that's what i really loved and then yeah i met taylor and this all this stuff and so as we're going through it like <laughs> like you question your beliefs okay so where do you really stand <laughs> on this topic <clears throat> like um Just like as I'm going through this, like. 
know, really changed my mind on how I felt about things. And I would say part of my working with Taylor um, through these emotions, like, uh, was working on my relationship with God and what that looks like. And what that looks like for me, um, and I'm speaking for myself, like, what I want my relationship with God uh, to look like, not in, like, a big term or, you know, it's, it's your own personal walk with God. Um, and you know, what you want to talk to him about, or, you know, things like that, so I, I did come around, <laughs> I guess, like, um, and, you know, um, read, read more Bible passages, or, you know, at the end of my day, if I've had a hard day, like, um, like, I really try to give it to God, and, like, it's out of my control, and I remind myself, like, I can't control everything. You know, everything in my life, I can't, like, I can't control. It's going to play out one way or the other. And, it, like, I have to give that control up. And I still struggle. Like, I'm not perfect <laughs> by any means. But, um, so that's kind of how I, like, walk through. And it was some really hard conversations. It was hard conversations. It really was. Well, and I think that what you're, one of the things, that, like, we hear these amazing stories, right, of, like, like Shelby's too, you know, of just like this being in this dark place and all of a sudden now she's talking about God and her anxiety is fine and, you know, these things, you know, like it's like a polar opposites, right? But um, I want to emphasize that it was a lot of kicking and screaming to get here, and yeah. especially since I was literally dragging Shelby. I was like, you're coming with me, just so you know. Um, <clears throat> and so as we're talking about this, I actually kind of want to go into, because Shelby's the perfect person to ask this, actually. Um I know, no pressure. <laughs> so because we did so much emotional work, um, probably more than me, Megan and I did a lot, Christy and I did a lot, but it was more me and Shelby all of the time doing these emotional uh, testing and releasing of things and whatnot. Um, so I guess it's a good, she's a good reference to what does that experience look like? I kind of walked through how we get to the the emotion that we're looking at. You know, like I said, we narrowed it down to a time frame and all of these things. And like all of a sudden you're at this point and there's this emotion and or this memory and there's a couple of emotions that are associated with it. And then it's about getting your body to clear it um, and whether or not you're ready to clear it. And some of that involves like talking it out or crying it out or... <laughs> Sometimes an adjustment, you know. Yeah. Um, so I guess just go ahead and tell us, I guess from your perspective, what some of that looked like and what it actually releasing some of those things look like. Like, like, and that stuff would be like that was my first thing that I addressed because um, softball was very important in my life. I played for 15 years. Um, but so, for reference, she came in and she wanted to deal about this relationship, and it was yeah, not so, what came up. Like that's yeah, yeah. So I was going to Taylor <clears throat> on my relationship issues, or you know, like the mentality. What's wrong with me? <laughs> like, uh, there's a list. Uh, oh my gosh. Um, I think there was some of that in there. My failed marriage, 
so my assessment was, you know, and some of that, and then we would finally get to, like, the, my current stuff. It took <laughs> forever guess. to get there, basically, is what we're yeah, saying. Your body clears whatever is on top, like, whatever yeah. it's ready to get rid of. that you mentioned that that you don't as you're releasing these things I know like because I had that struggle with my own that yeah. I felt like I wasn't ready to let and, and I remember you had this too where I was you weren't ready to let go 
of yeah. this person. But yeah. it was it's almost when you realize that you're not letting go of the person you're letting or or what happened with it. You're letting go of the emotional pain that got yeah. stuck. And that was, I think, um, a big turning point, I think, for both of us in that. Um, and I also liked that you mentioned, because I took notes, because I'm doing my due diligence here. Um, um, so you don't always have to say it out loud. like. But for Shelby, that was definitely the thing, because... Um, I guess because Shelby is an extrovert, she's very vocal about things. So she needed, and she's words of affirmation are big for Shelby. So she's also done talk therapy before. And I have an undergrad degree in talk therapy or in psychiatry, psychology, psychology yeah. whatever, whatever my degree is. What is my degree? I don't even know. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Um, but like, that was like, I, I, I like talk therapy because I think that, for a lot of people, it's it's like coming to your own conclusion with it. You know, you have to, if you talk enough, you'll eventually wrap your brain around it, I guess. And I think that for Shelby, like doing that and then saying that was the key to getting some of it out. However, she was sneaky and would say things. And in the back of her head, she's like, just kidding. You know, and you're like, yeah. why are you trying to keep this peace? Let it go, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. And um, so the other thing that I think really helped Shelby, um, and there, like I said, there are lots of ways that you can get through uh, releasing yeah. emotion. Um, and we mentioned a couple of them, like adjusting or acupuncture or movement or food or, you know, just uh, specific conversations. Mag magnets are cool, you know, just energy work, all sorts of things. But anyways... Um, I guess one of the other ones that really worked for Shelby was imagery. And I would um, have this, I guess, I don't know, for lack of a way of saying it, I guess just a, a visual that I would give her of this emotion in a balloon. And she really responded to it well. And I think it's because something about her inner child really liked this balloon idea, I think. Um, but I would tell her, like, let's gather all of these things. We're going to put it into a balloon, you know, and then you're going to let the balloon float up and then you're just going to cut the string, you know. But it would take take a lot of time. Obviously, that was very fast. It would take a lot of time, a lot of soothing tones, you know. like. Yeah. Um, but that one was a really good one for you, too, I think. Yeah, and then just to like touch base, I think what I do now with my anxiety, you also gave me this one too, where to think of your thoughts as clouds, mm -hmm. and they're like going in one ear and like out the other, um, and that's just really helped me, like, if I have a thought that pop, I'm like, oh, this is anxiety, this isn't like, this isn't necessary for me to dwell on or, you know, spend like, yeah. the cloud and it passes away, um, so like, I still do that. Um, yeah, but, I like that one too. I like to yeah. watch them go and watch all of the the crazy damage that they're trying to do, you know. <laughs> and then like, all right, get out of here, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, um, and I mean, really through this journey, like, was recognizing what was anxiety and what was like, I guess, really me. Um, like my thoughts, I I have separated like anxiety is my own little bubble. <laughs> 
stuff like that with friends and uh, whatever. But it's like they're busy. They have lives. Like you know, like they might be at work. They you know they might be with their family or their boyfriend or husband, whatever. Um, I feel like so, before you but, were like this Venn diagram. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where it's like yeah. all of them were overlapping, and you're in the center, and everything was anxiety and yeah. on every aspect and yeah. now it's just like two circles and it's you and anxiety and there's overlap but, but you both kind of like are separate yeah yeah so i guess like that's part of it too with imagery like just to help with like anxiety and imagery um I don't, yeah yeah i liked those things um so some things that have helped me i think it. that so I think when I, w I wanted to, when we brought Shelby on, I wanted to talk a little bit about, I mean, really all of the themes that were kind of on here were this no more boxes, being yeah. from skeptic to spiritual and anxiety. And they really all kind of overlap in this um, emotional muscle testing stuff that we were doing. Um, and I really, it, it was important to me as we we're talking about some of this, because we've been talking about some really big picture mindset stuff. And... I want to break it down simpler for some of it um, because some of it is hard. Like, okay, that's great for big picture, but how do I do that in real life? You know, and I feel like we were totally winging it. Like every step of the way was like, well, that didn't work. Or, well, that, that was crazy. We did that. I can't believe that worked, you know, or just, just every step of the way was winging it. And so as you're going through some of whatever it is you're going through, I want to emphasize that um, there's no right or wrong way. You know, it's just whatever rings true to you. But um, some of the ways that we did it with this muscle testing, I definitely think you should look at um, the emotion code in general. It's an interesting thing. You can learn to do it. Muscle testing is pretty difficult to do on yourself well. Um so I would highly recommend finding um, a practitioner, probably a chiropractor, but a, a practitioner of whatever sort that can do this and will work on the emotional aspects to help you. Um, but if you can't, then there are things that I think that we were talking about that you can utilize, um, like the imagery. That's a big one. Or um, breathing. Breathing is a huge thing. Learning to stop panic breathing for a second and just sit on the ground. And I know Shelby does this. I do this. I did this in the middle of an airport recently, not that recently, but a little like a year ago. And for whatever reason, my system just started panicking and I was like having a full blown anxiety attack for no reason. And I mean, I was already through the TSA and everything, which would give you anxiety, right? I'm just sitting there waiting <laughs> and I'm having a full blown anxiety attack. I literally sit on the floor like fully on the floor in the middle of the airport <laughs> and I'm like in this corner and I'm just like listening like with my eyes closed listening to some music like it's fine it's fine it's fine it's fine and I'm like <sighs> breathing you know like so breathing is super important for some of this um go ahead you're gonna say something well I was just thinking about the first messages I sent you <laughs> <laughs> In a closet. Um, yeah, in a closet. Can't come down. Blah blah blah. And you gave me the like the five things, like five things you see, uh, 
Oh. Like you pick, like you focus on other things. So like, oh, I have my water bottle, and you like you name like five things, and you try to focus on something else. Um, so that was something you gave me tip. I don't do that one as much, but I would say the biggest thing is gratefuls. I mean, yeah. Like I mean, really. Well, so. I got that one, the the five things, or really just anything. I mean, I got that one when I had po- post-murder that I had witnessed. I got that one from my psychologist at the time. Um, and that one is basically just being present and being aware of presence. So basically you're saying, okay, what is around me? Or you can do it. And if there's nothing around you, if that's too overwhelming, do you can do it yourself. So like what how does it feel with my feet on the floor what do i feel what do my feet feel like can i feel my socks can i feel my the chair underneath me can i feel it what does it feel like where does it stop like those kinds of things or i always liked doing um like trees i would try and see how many different shades of green i could find in the tree you know and i would just count them and it's just this quiet, forceful mindfulness, I guess, that um, it's really powerful. Um, but it takes a minute, that's for sure. And it takes some practice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't use that one as much, but I'm, the, I'm not as good as that if I'm in the middle of a panic attack to right. do, like, the five things. But, like, I, I would say breathing's my big one, and then the balloon or the cloud, yeah. like, that it's, like, it's gonna go away. Like, it's... Yeah. And I think uh, there, I've, uh, there's a different variety. You should have an arsenal yeah. to attack with anxiety with. But Gratefuls is also a really good one. Um, I struggled with that one more while I was during an anxiety attack or during a panic attack because I, I don't feel like talking about Gratefuls. I'm freaking out, you know? Like, I mean, um, but I think in general, saying my mom used to drive me nuts with this when she would say this, but like name three things that you were grateful for today. And, you know, it was, and I think we've talked about these where it was just like, I'm grateful that I made it through the day. Kind of, you know, I mean, sometimes you're sassy pants and do that, but other days you have like a laundry list of that and you're starting to feel more gratitude. And as you feel those things, it's things that are bad seem less bad when you have all of this positivity around you um it takes a while for it to implement for your brain to start overruling all of the bad negativity that you know you that this world makes you think um but i think over time those gratefuls are are pretty instrumental in turning things around and i think every single person that we've talked to so far has has basically said the same thing so I'm going to toss that over to you and see if yeah, it, I thought you have. So I do my gratefuls at the end of the day. I know some people that do them at the beginning of the day uh, or, you know, just things that they're grateful in general. But I try to do it at the end of my day so I can stay grateful whatever. Like, you know, I had this great patient encounter or, you know, I got to talk to one of my friends or um, my boyfriend surprised me and make dinner. And, like, when I talk about gratefuls, it doesn't have to be these elaborate, you know, somebody surprised me with balloons and a new car today, you know, like, <laughs> it doesn't have to be these great, great <laughs> Um, it's just, like, seriously, like, little things. I got lunch today, um, you know, one of my, one of my chiro jobs that I first started, like, I barely got lunch, 
attention. So some days my like great goal was just that I gotta sit down and eat my lunch through my day. And um, you know, I'm grateful I woke up or, you know, like it, it doesn't have to be these big grand grand things. It's just your daily your daily stuff and what you're, you know, grateful for that happened through the day or whatever so i would say grateful grateful saved my life um so taylor had me start <laughs> doing them around um this time that we're learning about the emotional code and like kind of the beginning of my journey um i've kept journals like i've, I've written gratefuls down like every night um sometimes it's harder <laughs> to do that because you fall asleep but i would try to tell them in my head whatever i'm grateful for um have you started like in the moment like after something happens like oh i'm really grateful that you know such, such or such happened or you know one of my patients surprised me with like an energy drink that was like zero calories i don't know all this stuff but like i didn't ask her to bring me a drink but you know i was just grateful that my patient you know found at me and brought me something new to try and uh so like sometimes i do gratefuls in the moment like as well but it's just having gratitude for your life and what you can accomplish and you know you know we um i gotta go home to, i gotta come home to a house like a roof over my head i have a car to get me to work like i have a job like i have groceries in my fridge like you know there's some countries and some people that don't get to have those things or you know and so you just you know you, you pray say that you're grateful for those things and whatever and kind of rambling but you, you guys get the point that um, <laughs> they don't have to be anything um, super um, lavish like wrestlers right? <laughs> excuse me um, <laughs> I think that I mean gratefuls are just they're powerful tools and it was probably the number one thing that I would encourage any of you to start with it's such a small thing and even if it's like we said I'm grateful that the day ended. You know, I'm grateful that I didn't kill somebody today. You know, like, <laughs> those are okay things, you know. Um, but I definitely encourage that. But there are a couple of other ones. Like, we, we mentioned a couple already. But I also wanted to add um, some that were good for me. Um, was, like, grounding rituals. So you can have, and I mean, two different things with this. So grounding in general is going to go put your feet or your body, as much of your body as you can on the earth. And whether it's, like, grass or the floor or whatever it doesn't super matter but just trying to ground there's something stable about that and we can talk about you know like whether the ions and blah 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 i don't care it's it's stable and it feels like it's a solid thing that is not gonna move you know what i mean so that's what you need when you're having some of these is you need stability. So that's why a lot of us, you know, when we're having panic attacks, we want like a corner or a closet or something, right? Like something that is stable. So putting as much of yourself on the ground as possible is going to help you feel more stable. Um, but other grounding rituals would be like an actual ritual. So like every morning I try to play some sort of, and we can talk about meditation or whatever it looks like for you, but I play Jesus music every morning to try and like set the intention of my day. I light a Jesus candle and then I put on my makeup and get ready for the day. Um, but during that time, I'm not really thinking about anything. You know, I'm not thinking about what the, does the day look like or any of that. Um, 
I just, it's just quiet time, just quiet in Taylor's head. Now, sometimes, you know, you can put insert your gratefuls in there, you know, and say, this is a great time to, you know, I want to set my, set my intention for the day or whatever. Um, for me, that's not how I do it. I just need to chill. Um, sometimes meditation can be more purposeful, whatever that looks like. But a lot of the times these rituals, this unwinding of, and then just this quiet time is really a powerful grounding thing. And it's, especially in something like anxiety, getting your mind to be quiet is very, very difficult. So, yes. So finding whatever that is, like I've tried with all sorts of like chill piano music and stuff like that, but I can't, I can't get it to be quiet, but for whatever reason, when it's God music, I can get it to be quiet. Um, or even if it's just other music that has words, I can get them to be quiet, you know, like, cause I'm just listening. So find whatever it is, you know, that helps you be quiet in your head and set that as part of your ritual. Cause rituals are also super important with anxiety. Um, so I would say that one. Then I would also say, um, this is kind of a me thing. I don't know that Shelby is on board with this one. That's all right. Um, I find that just doing random acts of kindness or saying nice things or whatever, just out of nowhere, it's really powerful because to some extent I'm in control. So I get to take that powerful intention or that powerful word or that act or whatever, and I get to start the spin of something positive. You know, I put that positive energy in the universe and I controlled that and wherever it goes next, I can't control, but I pushed it, you know, and I know that it was positive and I know that it's going to help somebody, you know. So for me, that was a powerful thing too, just to do nice things, even if that was, you know, just tolerating when Shelby's freaking out, you know, like, uh, <laughs> um, but no, just kidding. Um, another one that I really liked, and I did this mostly when I needed to think, um, about hard topics and I would just go float in the swimming pool or wherever, because floating is literally letting go. It is literally being in the middle of all sorts of little ripples and you can't really control any of those and you don't really know where you're going. You're just floating. You know, you're, you're able to keep your head above the water and breathe and everything else is whatever, you know? And so I really liked floating. I thought that it was a very good way. I mean, you can also ground in water, but I thought that that was a really good way to, um, I don't know, I guess just keep things chill if that makes sense it keep me chill in my head and um i don't know i i really appreciated that as a way to help ground and help get through anxiety do you have any other ones that you would recommend um so with anxiety i always feel like i have a thousand tabs open in my head yeah. like constantly <laughs> and um one of things down a lot mm -hmm. so Lists are good. Huh? Lists are good. Yeah, so like I make lists and I write down like when I have plans and the minute I know I have a plan, like it pretty much goes with my planner. Um, and I would say when I make big decisions, I'm a pro and con list kind of girl. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> um, I write it down. 
that's how like I do it with my thousand tabs open a day. Like I have I have everything's down. It's another way to get it out because mm-hmm. like to me if I'm writing it down it's like out of my head. Like I know it's on a piece of paper somewhere or a sticky note or whatever. So um that helps me ground so I just don't have all these thoughts all the time like <laughs> Yeah. It seems like a lot of these themes for what we do um, seem to focus on either getting it out, finding stability, or some kind of semblance of control, even if it we understand that it is a very small semblance of control. Um, <laughs> I have to stop this for a second. So my screen is recording uh-huh. and I just had to stop this because this is so funny. Michael is texting me and he uh-huh. just texted me that he took a poop break. It was calling me <laughs> and it came up on my screen. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to see if I can edit that out. That's so bad. <laughs> I don't know how to edit it out. <laughs> oh God. Uh, Oh, because he's with some people. <laughs> Sorry, that was like... Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of those are really interesting themes that they seem to just be circling around. And um, I think with anxiety in general, those are some fantastic tools uh, to really... And yours might be different. There's, I mean, there's no right or wrong way to deal with anxiety, obviously. But um, those those are really the ones that we found effective. And by we, I mean a couple of us. But, you know, <laughs> um, but Shelby and I did a lot of work. Um, but be prepared that as you're going through some of this, that it's going to challenge so many things. Because anxiety is about all three of those things, right? It's about this lack of stability this lack of in in where you are and who you are and what that looks like. Um, And I guess stability in being able to handle whatever comes next. Um, But also it's about this idea of not having any control of what comes next. And what does that mean if I can't control it? You know, and then I guess lastly, um, what was my last one? grounding oh grounding getting it out that's right yes that's good right um this is the part where i didn't take notes (laughs) but yeah getting it out um i think so much of this and and that's a theme across a lot of these things is with any kind of emotional healing and work Um, If you let it get stuck in your body, then it just becomes toxic. You know, I mean, you can let generally, and I think that we talked about this, um, Christy Church talked about how um, emotions are supposed to be like feelings in motion, basically, or something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing badly, but... Um, that it's supposed to get out of your body and you're supposed to feel it as a passing sense. It's not, you know, who you are or um, a constant. But people with generalized anxiety stuff, it becomes part of who you are. Or I guess we could talk about with depression or whatever. 
and because it's so prevalent, it stays. But if we can provide you some sort of stability or some sort of semblance of control, like we said, or just a way to get it out, those are going to be the best ways. Now, with that, there are positive ways and then there are definitely toxic ways. And um, I'm, I'm sure that if you're experiencing some of these, that you know exactly what toxic ways that you're using. Um, I know Shelby and I both had our own and it's difficult. Um, so healthy, positive ways to get it out, whether it's, you know, and I guess we didn't include, like, you also do, like, exercise or play softball, um, yeah. with yeah, yours. So, so exercise, and then last year, I changed my diet to gluten and dairy free. Now, I have flirted with gluten and dairy in the last, <laughs> uh, few months, and I feel like crap <laughs> when I do. Um, but, so I made, like, a huge dietary change last year, too. Well, and diet's an interesting one because diet is twofold beneficial in this situation. So first of all, it's giving you control over something, right? That you can change and have positive effects for. But also a lot of those foods can actually force you into a generalized anxiety state so or a depressive state or whatever. So managing your diet is actually a pretty powerful tool to use, um, and I think for Shelby, it has been, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you out on this. It's going to be great. Uh, Shelby, when she was at some of her worst, would have come to me and she had coffee and soda and M&Ms. That's all she had all day. And I was like, why do you think you're a crazy person? You know, like, eat something real. Drink some water, you know, like. And she was like, my stomach hurts. And I was like, yes, because you're spitting like a crazy person. You know, like, we have well, to eat. to be gluten and dairy free it can be there's a lot of things Choices, but like once I slowly 
It's true. <laughs> um, one of the things that I, I saw this meme, or I guess it's not a meme. I don't know what to call them when they just post, like just this post. I saw this post. <laughs> and I'm going to try not to butcher it. It said, um, It said that find the thing that you forget about time and do more of that. And I think that that's a really good example for the things that we're talking about. Um, Whatever it is that brings you so much joy that you forget or just so much quiet that you lose track of what time is. And I know like for Shelby, it was baseball or softball, whatever girls play. Uh, but you know some of those other things like and she's a big reader so I know that was a big thing for her Um, so some of these things that like for me when I think of things that make me lose track of time it's going to be spending time outside but not necessarily it doesn't necessarily have to be doing things it's going to be a quiet time outside like it's going to be I don't know taking a nap or listening to music outside, you know, or whatever, or going on a nature walk or something like that. Like it's going to be chill and I'll lose track of time that way. Um, because I feel like sometimes if it's not chill, then I'm like counting the minutes until it's done. (laughs) But that and like music, I lose track of time with music, um, or good deep conversations, you know, So those are the things that are going to nurture your soul. And when you do those things, when you have your life surrounded by all of this positive, um, deep stuff, it's going to help bring you grounding because those are the things that, that ground you. Those are the things where your soul can be quiet. And so like when we were going through some of this, um, for me, I told you deep conversations, that's my jam. I'm really good at it. And so when we're talking, we're doing the the emotional clearing or whatever, obviously it's like one long, intense, deep conversation. And to the point where I'm like, okay, Shelby, you got to get out now, you know, (laughs) like it was too much for, you know, me at some point. But those things, I mean, I, I felt so much more grounded while I was going through some of that stuff because of the work that we were doing all together. Yeah. Because it just, I was going through so much shit during that time. Like, it was really bad. But I found healing and stability um, through all of these annoying extrovert people that decided to come over to my house and force me to mingle with them. But uh, I did find a lot of healing because we were doing all of that stuff. I was I was busy um, because they wouldn't leave me alone. I was forced to have these long conversations, you know. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so like surrounding yourself with this positivity, with true, genuine expression, and people that actually give a shit about you, you know, and care about about your healing you know they're not going to force you one way or the other they're just going to be there and they're going to talk it out with you and whatever and one of the things that i appreciate about shelby um because we've had our ups and downs but one of the things that i really appreciate about shelby is that 
there's literally nothing that I could tell her that that she wouldn't have a response to or talk to me about. Like, I have told her some crazy shit. <laughs> and she's just like, all right, me too. <laughs> like, what? You know, like, so um, as you go through some of this, find your soul tribe, I guess, and it's going to help you stay grounded through more of this. But um, if in the interim, a lot of these tools are just super helpful. And um, I guess I feel like that is, as we, we talked about the best ways to handle, you know, your anxiety and your transition and all of that, I feel like, again, that the best thing that we can take from this and that we can give to other people based off of what you and I experienced together was some of these tools, you know, just this insight into this world of um, emotional healing um, use, using anxiety, I guess, as the, the primary in that. And what does that look like? What are all the tools that you learned, you know, like that kind of thing? You notice how she volunteered me? <laughs> like I volunteered her car that one time too. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I'm glad that you also said that about um well first I guess about us volunteering my time. No, I'm kidding. But you're definitely not alone. Um and but I wanted to say with that, to add to what you just said, was that Everybody has to get to this breaking point of where you you're willing to do the work because until then, you know, it's just like, well, I kind of know I need to, but maybe it's not real or and that's with anything that's with literally taking care of yourself on any level. <laughs> like, But I know we deal with this with our patients all the time, you know, like, well, when you're ready, let me know, you know, and I can help you. But, you know, it takes both of us, you know, cause I only see you once a week, you know? Um, but you, you will, I, I guess I'm just gonna say this. You will fail. You will. You're going to try and you're going to fail, but you're not always going to fail just this round, you know, like, and when you're ready, when you're really, really ready, then you know you're not going to fail because there's no other option. You know, like you have to change because you're going to go crazy. You know, like, and it's just that point where you hit this wall and that's it. So don't beat yourself up for the little fails because, again, it's kind of working yourself up to this big one. And when it matters, 
you you make it. You know, you're going to succeed, period. So um, there's no really ifs, ands, or buts about that. You're just forced. It's how much do you... How much do you have to be nudged, nudged, nudged until, you know, you hit that two by four effect and you're, you know, you're like, bam, all right, all right, I got it, I'll change, you know. <laughs> but yeah, don't beat yourself up for the little, the fails up until that point. <laughs> I definitely judged her, <laughs> but it was, it was amusing judgment. So like I would, I would nudge her and be like, you're being ridiculous. <laughs> Mostly. Well, mostly because it was to get her to laugh. So I wanted to throw that in there too. Laughter is a really especially if you can laugh at yourself you know you're on a really good track then because um you know not everything has to be this dire this dire thing so i would that's one of the tools that i like to use a lot um so i get sarcastic or whatever and i nudge people you know to get them to laugh and once you're there it's like okay maybe this isn't so serious um <laughs> but I think with all of that said, um, I'm going to say that I'm going to give my closing statement on it, I guess, and see what else you have to say. Um, because I think that it really sums up all of that. Like we were just saying a little bit ago, I think that this is a, a journey, you know, and anxiety and depression and all of these emotions, they, they take a while to unwind. So like I said, the little fails and all of that getting up to it, don't beat yourself up. But one day it's going to be something that is significant and it's going to be a, a pretty significant turnaround. And you're going to find that you feel so much better and you have all of these tools now. But it started with these tiny little 
steps that you took to make it better and they were healthy steps and you purposely took those steps like gratefuls or breathing or talk therapy or whatever but all of these things that where you purposely took action to either provide yourself stability get it out or to um i don't even remember my third one i should really write these things down um <laughs> but anyways you know what i'm talking about i think that if we can provide ourselves those those just basics then anxiety is nothing it just melts when semblance of control that was the other one um it just melts in the face of those things because it's it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if what happens tomorrow or if it's going to be this you know what this big experience looks like or whatever because i know that i am solid i am grounded you know um like let's say for example we just had an event and sometimes i get worked up before events or whatever and um but i know that like i i am solid i am a good chiropractor i have um a solid practice i have a solid team and we're at this event and it's going to be fine you know because i have all the support behind me including myself you know and that god didn't get me here to build this practice for it to fail you know so um I know that it's going to be fine because I found this stability. So the little bit of control that I can put out into the world is that I can control me in this moment because, because everything is fine because I found stability, you know? So whatever that looks like, I guess finding the areas that provide you stability and then being present as much as you can um, through your anxiety is, I guess, my best advice through that. And then, I, I, like I said, finding a, a soul tribe to really help you through that people that are going to listen to you grow with you not judge you um or make fun of you you know whatever <laughs> but you know just people that understand you on a deeper level and that's going to super provide um the stability you need to be able to conquer things like anxiety that's my spiel Yourself, and you know, find ways that you can ground. Um, 
I think I wanted to to add two things on yours. Um, first was the spiral staircase, and then um, the second was getting better, uh, the universe getting better. Um, so for as far as the spiral staircase, so yes, the spiral staircase, you can go up and down and all around with that, obviously. But I think the key to the spiral staircase is this understanding that healing is not linear. Um, you don't move past an event you know you don't like suddenly get over it and never deal with it again it's you are up going along the spiral staircase and in the center are all of these things that all of these events that happen to you and so you know at the very beginning of when the event happened you're at the bottom of the spiral staircase and this event looks massive it's above you and it's just like this massive problem where you're never going to get under or get over and so as you keep going up the staircase though the event you get you move through it you move through it and then at some point you look down and the events way below you now each time you come back to that event you are coming at it from a different perspective um along the staircase and so it's okay to continuously have these parts where you're trying to move through the spiral staircase or try to move through this event because it doesn't mean that you're falling back necessarily. It means that you are in a different perspective, in a different place on that staircase. Now, you might have fallen back, but regardless, um, this staircase is always from a different perspective, and it's okay. Healing is not linear. Um, and the other part of what she was saying was that trusting that the, that the universe has your back is a hard thing, especially when you're in this place where you're like, shit just keeps happening you know like shelby was with the chessboard being wiped off or whatever you know like it's hard to trust that the universe has your back and that things are going to work out in balance um but that's just generally how things work like i mean you can see that in nature across the board so trusting that there are things bigger than us and that not everything that Sometimes I think the best way to go about it is that maybe I'm too small and minuscule for it to, you know, like the universe to be attacking me, you know, like this is yeah. just parts of that. But the other part of it is that it really does um, balance out. And I really like the idea of I can't control all of these things. Like I literally can't. And that's going to be that can be a source of stress to say, like, I cannot control anything when I walk out that door. You know, like, I can't even control the things in the door. I mean, I can't even control if I get out of bed. If, like, a spider falls in my bed and bites me, like, and I die, 
you know, <laughs> I literally can't control anything except for what's in my head, you know, and maybe like how my body moves or something. Do you know what I mean? Like I literally cannot control anything around me and realizing that can be super stress inducing, inducing, but it's also really empowering because the things that you can control, you can really control and everything else, it's going to work out. It just is because you have control over you and it's enough for whatever reason it's enough so in those moments where the universe is against you and you're just like yay positivity yeah right you know i get that and i know shelby gets that do the gratefuls do the breathing just do it anyways you know like you don't have to put your heart into it it doesn't matter you're just making a ritual you're doing it just to do it so and then do it the next day and this is stupid do it again you know like eventually it's gonna change how you rewire things in your brain you know you're going to think more towards you're gonna look more towards the things that are positive and gratifying and all of that um and then all of a sudden the universe just opens up and i'm not saying that everything is amazing but i am saying that i can see it from a different perspective because I changed my staircase, if that makes sense. Or I changed where I'm at on the staircase. Yeah. So with that said, I think that's a good way to wrap this up. Uh, we gave you a lot of tools today that I hope you utilize. And again, even though Shelby volunteered me for time, you know that you are more than welcome <laughs> to reach out to me or to Shelby um, just to to talk about any of these things we're definitely more than willing to listen we have more than our fair share of experience in these things um and really all of the ways to treat them too so definitely feel free to reach out um where can they find you shelby Good night because it's like nine o'clock p.m. Um, 
and then I am going to cut to our actual uh, outro. Thanks, guys. Alright guys, that wraps up another episode of Fearlessly Unbroken. I am really excited and I hope that you enjoyed Dr. Shelby Carter. She is definitely a laugh and a half and um, just a really good person to learn from and I, I am already regretting because it's not recorded to say this but I am very grateful that she is my friend and um, that you get to experience her now a little bit too. Um, I apologize for the difficulty in understanding her. Hers was off of a computer and not off of like a microphone and all fancy things. So um, hopefully that didn't bother you too much. But aside from that, uh, I tried to up the audio quality as much as I could on that one. Um, please feel free to reach out to her. And then of course, as always, you can reach out to us. You can follow us on Fearlessly Unbroken on any of the major podcasting. Um, platforms and then of course we have a Facebook for Fearlessly Unbroken and then all of our Inner Sanctum stuff which is on all of the platforms and um, we have our website www.innersanctum.com uh, or innersanctumchiropractic.com I know my website it's fine <laughs> and then of course you can follow me at Dr. Taylor Ray Luster on really all of the platforms um, I had a little bit of an incident getting some of these things out, so sorry it took a little bit for these. Um, I had a recording mishap, so hopefully the rest of this will be smooth sailing. Um, my next up, I'm hoping, will be um, Mr. Justin Rinder, who was supposed to be before this one, and then things just got crazy. So um, hopefully Justin Rinder will be up next, and. Um, Dr. Rachel Taylor is coming up along this way too. So I am definitely excited to start bringing you some more regular episodes. Sorry, I got a little crazy. Um, but definitely stay on top of a bunch of these things. We have a whole lot of stuff coming up and some really, really great conversations. I cannot wait to continue talking with you about so many things. And we tried to change the little format, the format a little bit this time to where I really want to give you tools to use for yourself as well. Not just amazing stories, but tools that these people got from these stories. So like, besides the gratitude and whatnot, which you hear a lot of us using, um, I really want you to be able to, if you have anxiety, tips to manage it. You know, like realistic things that you can do at home, that kind of thing. Um, so we're gonna start incorporating a little bit more of that as things go along um, as well, because that's obviously helpful then, right? So, um, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out, and I think I'm going to wrap this up. Thanks, guys. Stay amazing, stay strong, stay fearless, stay unbroken. You are fearlessly unbroken, my